Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, everybody, to the Blue Click. Blue Click in retrograde. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but it seems like it's in full effect. I have no idea what just happens right now, but we're going to go with the flow. So, welcome to the Blue Click. Click. We're all about going with the flow. We're all about opening on a spiritual expression, and we're all here to discover our own truth on this road to authenticity. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you have joined us before, thank you. If you are new, thank you for joining us. I'm sure you will find some very juicy, nourishing morsels in today's show. If you want to listen to other shows, we are in archives on Black Talk Radio, and you can go to iTunes, and all of our shows are on iTunes, too. Just go to Blue Click Expression of Spirit, and you will find us there. So I am Nikki, your host, and joining me today is Sean. Say hello, Sean. Hello, what's up? What's up, what's up, what's up? And Aaron. How are you, Aaron? I'm well. Hello, everybody. What's up, Aaron? All right. (laughs) So if you are... um, Joining us for the first time, and you don't know the call-in number, or even if you do, the call-in number is 347-215-8639. Feel free to call in and join the discussion. If you're listening online, you want to jump on the phone line, um, you can call in. If you want to, if you have a question, press 1. That'll let us know that you have a question. If you want to send us a comment or concern anytime during the broadcast or any other time, that we're not broadcasting, you can send that to blueclick at gmail.com. And I think I can open the chat room today, so we'll do that. And um, we're on Facebook. You can look us up on Facebook at um, Blue Click Expression Spirit. Um, it's a, it's not a fan page. It's a group page. We, you know, keep the, keep the family um, as family, not a big group page. So that's why we chose to do it that way. So, huh. Mercury, let's talk a little bit about what that means since I mentioned it. Mercury is in retrograde. So, um, three or four times a year, Mercury, the planet Mercury, um, passes the Earth in its orbit. So, when it's doing that, Mercury appears to stop and even go backwards, but it's not really going backwards, of course. Kind of an obstacle illusion, kind of like when you're in a, you ever been in a car in traffic and um, as a car slowly moves forward, it feels like you're moving backwards or it feels like the car next to you is moving if you're moving, but only one of you are moving one direction. Um, kind of like that. So, but during that time, um, because Mercury rules communication and travel and technology, things kind of can go haywire, kind of like the intro to our show. And it usually lasts about three weeks, and we're in it right now. Mercury started on the 21st of January, and I think it goes until February 7th. And um, it's kind of extra power at this time because it fell. It started about the same time as the new moon, so there are some... um, studiers of the stars that are saying that it's kind of giving it a little extra kick. So what does that mean? It basically means that um, just kind of 
really pay attention to details if you're planning to travel or sign any contracts or make any big decisions or uh, if electronics act haywire, go crazy, this might be have an influence on it. Um, communication, if you're not able to communicate well or someone else is not going to be able to communicate well, um, just kind of take it in stride because communication is kind of wacky during this time. And also, um, anything you do with electronics, if you send someone an email or a text or a voicemail and they don't respond, it is possible that they didn't get it. So just don't make assumptions around communication. It's kind of the best way to kind of survive this time. And it happens three or four times a year. But really, the time where you're entering retrograde and leaving retrograde, I think, is the time that's the most rocky, for lack of a better term. Um, Other than that, still you want to be cautious and just kind of double-check everything. But I think we we all survive it all this over these many years, so we get through it. But just it's good to know. It's good to have that information um, so you know what you're working with. Um, You guys have anything to add? No, not really. Uh, Yeah, well, maybe other than, you know, (laughs) since we're still in uh, early winter and this is a wonderful time to just be, to be, laying the groundwork for a new sort of thing. Really use this time to only do what you need to do. You know, don't don't go mm-hmm. for extra credit during this time. Yeah, good point. Good point. So it's yeah, time to just kind of lay lay down some foundation and plant some seeds. Uh see how what you need to get it to do to get through it. Sean, you have anything to add? No, no. I'm, I'm with you. I'm just leaving it right now. You're Not about right now. Okay. Okay. Personal, which during this time for me, I go way, way, way inward. I don't like to talk. I don't like to talk. I don't like to deal with people too much. Nikki, you feel it. You know how I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, definitely can yeah. see it and feel it. It's, um, it's definitely sight. And it, it, that's important when when you are with family or people who you're around a lot or your your spouses or your partners is to kind of really know their cycles, too, along with what's going on with the winter, with the other seasons and retrograde and you know, we all have cycles, so that's that's good to that's good that you pointed that out. Um, I think it's very important at this time too to really get connected to who we are. I think the winter is really important to, for that, and so that and and one thing that I'm really learning this week is that it is very important to be who you are fully. You know how you kind of know that, but when you when you really know that, it's important for you not to suppress any part of you. Um, because in in a lot of times we do because family doesn't they might not like it there might be parts of you that family doesn't like or your friends don't feel comfortable with or people who you work but it's really important not to suppress any part of you because that's how you connect with the 
uniqueness of yourself and finding your gifts and embracing who you are. And that's how you send your unique spark into the whole is um, aiming for wholeness and really fully expressing yourself. And then that way, when you become fully visible, the universe knows exactly who you are, where you are, and you can you go with the, the flow that the universe wants you to be on and sets you on, and therefore that's when everything, everything about you starts to come to fruition. But this time it's really important to really embrace who you are, really get in touch with your gifts and your uniqueness and your purpose for being here while you're here. So um, that's why everything is kind of calmed down and suppressed. Um, as far as um, growth in the winter is because it gives you a time to go inward, go inward and find find yourself. Um, so what we were going to um, talk about today is, well, before we go in that, let's, let's, we'll do a little bit more um, check-in. So Sean mentioned that he's, he's kind of going in, going inward right now, um, How's the last couple weeks been with you, Aaron? What's going on with you? Oh boy, I'm I'm along the same page as Sean. I if I didn't have to leave my home or see anyone or talk to anyone <laughs> until March 20th or so, I'd be very happy <laughs> about it. So yeah, and uh, I've also just been really uh, spending time with myself and and getting to more understand or understand myself. And I've just been looking for ways to articulate that, you know, from just either reading mm-hmm. things that, that make sense to me or just being in my thoughts and, and trying to articulate them in a way that um that makes sense or that is that that language supports. So yeah, it's really just about understanding me. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. I think I appreciate winter. I used to hate winter. I used winter just used to be to me something to get ready for the holidays, and then after the holidays, it was a long period of depression for me. Mm. And you know, mm. that's what it that that's what it was for me for years, and years, and yeah, I just dread when winter came around. I only only thing I look for in the winter, you know, of course, was the season because you get to you get to hobnob and 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 and, and fellowship and be around people and stuff. But when you start to move more with the cycles of nature and the rhythm of nature, you feel differently this time of year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I looked at the the whole season, the whole Christmas thing got on my nerves. <laughs> the whole idea of <laughs> laughing and joking and sitting around with people and bullshitting and uh-huh. all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go the opposite direction completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it yeah. was almost like, oh, my yeah. God, I'm glad when this shit is over. And now that it's over, I'm starting to feel good. Like, okay, now I can really get down to the work of dealing and fucking with me. Mm-hmm. You did. And mm-hmm. one of the things where you can kind of push everything as much as you can. And you can even, the people at work and all that other shit, you can do it there too. You don't have to completely disconnect. Oh, yeah. them. But on a sense, you do. Mm-hmm. You have to take a part of yourself. You have to take a part of yourself and sit with it. Mm-hmm. And you, right. you can, you can, you can um, 
uh, multitask and do that. You can be driving down the road or dealing with people or doing what you got to do on a daily basis and sustain yourself and still do that. You can grab a piece of yourself and hold on to it and go within that and understand, be with it and understand what that means and let it, and let it speak to you. And you realize that it speaks to you in so many different ways. You could even be watching TV and the commercials will be speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Everything oh, yeah. around you, no matter what you are doing, is speaking to you. When you get to the point where you're able to get inside and sit with yourself and understand who and what you are and accept it. Mm-hmm. You know, people say that all the time, understand who and what you are. It's not about understanding it or understanding. It's about accepting it and holding on to it and just sitting with it and allowing mm-hmm. that to be what it is and allowing yeah. it to speak to you. And the messages, the messages that you get are astounding. It's astounding, mm-hmm. it's astounding. All of this stuff, all of the things that have this rhythm to them, and all if you get back even further and listen to it, it sounds like music. Everything is going mm-hmm. on is playing in, in accordance with one another. When you get that, when you get with that oneness and you get still and you feel that shit, it's like, man, you can't do nothing but bob your head and just be quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It makes me, I'm a mom, kind of, I'm a little bit of a crybaby anyway, but it makes me very emotional. Like all my emotions are like really on edge when I, because I do see and hear and feel the universe speaking to me much more now because everything's slowed down um, in the winter time. So every time I get one of those direct connections or I, I get something that I'm thinking of, how to, you know, articulate what I'm feeling, or when I when I hear something and I, I and I get that connection, and you realize that you are that connection, it mm-hmm. want to cry all the time. <laughs> I'm like on the verge of tears all the time. Um, but it's very, yeah, it's very powerful how loudly stillness speaks. Mm. You have to be willing to get still in order to <clears throat> hear it. Um, so that goes against, and then in winter, like you talked about, Sean, with Christmas, kind of goes against the whole rhythm of winter with the parties. And we talked about this a little bit last week or last time, but um, with parties and gift giving and being around lots of people, when all you want to do is kind of just retreat and be by yourself. Yeah. Tends to get on your nerves a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get it. So, so good. Okay, so our topic today, what we were, what we uh, are slotted to discuss and talk about, is a subject that we were talking about. Uh, um. We've kind of talked at it a few times, but specifically we want to talk about how, and there's probably, I think the first time I kind of really saw what people or how people um, connect with themselves or do not connect themselves to what they consider God is. And when two people say God, they're going to, those two people are going to think two completely different things. Um and I remember when I read a long time ago when I read um a new earth new earth came came out and this had to be it must have been like ninety six maybe 
95, or 1995, 96, 2005, 2006. And in the book, one of the quotes that Eckhart Tolle had said is, um, and I can't remember exactly, but if God created man and in turn man created God in his own image and reduced him to um, a mental idol that you can believe in and worship as this is my God or this is our God. Um, so they reduced him into something basically small enough to understand and wrap your brain around. So when most people hear that, they think, you know, how could he say man created God? And without any understanding of what that is or what that means, they just completely shut down anything and everything else that he may have been he may have been saying because he said man created God, which means he doesn't believe in God. Because how could he say God is real if we created him? Um, so people's limiting belief or assuming that everybody's belief of what God is is the same God that is created or that you're taught about in church or that your parents told you about and is only limited to this man who's floating on a cloud waiting for you to do something wrong. Um, So giving God human emotions and characteristics and reducing him to something that we feel comfortable and familiar with um, has put God in such a small box that it couldn't by definition possibly be God, but people are not willing to look at it different or expand upon that. So um, we want to discuss this today, the ideas of God and how man has basically created the God that he's so comfortable with rather than trying to grow towards God. We have pulled God down to our level and made God this flawed, emotionally human being, emotional being that is, you know, basically an insecure mess. Um, so my my first impressions or my first ideas of God, of course, come from my Christian background, going to church. My parents never made us go to church, but we lived in a very Christian household. If we wanted to go to church, we would go, but we didn't have to go, but they're still very religious-minded people um, that if you if you did good and you did what you're supposed to do, your life will be good because God will be happy and pleased with you and your life will be good. If you go against God and do things that are wrong or things that are dishonest or illegal or things against your parents or things that are, you know, that they tell you or you don't obey, then your life will not be pleasing to God, and so therefore he is open to not bless you and let whatever happens to you happen to you because you brought that to yourself and you asked for it kind of attitude. And I think when we discuss God, that's kind of, in my impression, what most people kind of think of is more of a a parent figure who is 
looking to see if you're doing, if you're obeying and doing what you're supposed to do. If you're being a good person or a bad person and the good people um, get rewarded and the bad people get punished. Um, so, and that, and knowing that we all know good people who have had quote-unquote bad things happen to them and quote-unquote bad people who have had good things happen to them. So that kind of blows the theory out of the window right there. So there are lots and lots and lots of instances where the theory can be blown because um, it's basically just used as a form of discipline or control rather than being the truth. Um, So I want to ask each of you, just kind of give us a a, a brief background of your belief growing up, how you learned about God and what your belief in God was, and kind of what caused you to change that um, into not the creation of what the idea of God is that was given to you versus what you have now. Um, So who wants to start? (laughs) Um, Sean, go ahead. We'll start with you. Okay. Um, oh, uh, of course, I grew up, you know, in a very um, westernized idea of what God is and what religion is. And, you know, <laughs> I was taught that to behold to these principles, as you, you know, to behold to these principles means that your life will go well and you will have favor in the earth, blah, blah, blah. And I grew up believing that. And I believed it so much that a lot of my life, a lot of my young life, though I did a lot of dumb young teenage stuff that 19, 20, and, you know, early 20 people do, I always had a firm sense of my moral fabric. And though I, you know, of course, did things that were contrary, I still held within those beliefs. I still made sure that those tenets weren't too far from my everyday understanding of my my general surroundings. You know, I tried to look at life through that lens as a Christian, you know, and and I I did a pretty good job at it in spurts, you know, and and I realize now that it's, it's not something that is designed to um, sustain you. And it's not something that is designed to be sustained. It's an experience, as everything else is. But, you know, when you um, when you get to the point where you can see the inherent dangers of trying to define yourself based on your moral beliefs and what you believe about these things and what they tell you and what they give you in a sense of what you actually are. It's, 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 it's a very insidious and wicked device when you see it from the other side. But when you're in it, it's the most beautiful thing that was. God loved me that much that he left this here for me that if I just hang on to this amidst all of this chaos, he promises me that I can come back home. And when that's all you know and you accept it, and you accept it to a large degree of, of, of allowing it to define you, it, 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 it defines you. And your entire life is set up based on mm-hmm. um, defending this notion that these are the principles that govern the universe. You know? And I lived a lot of my life with that 
as my, you know, overall agreement as to what this place was. And I started, you know, meeting with degrees of success that I, in my head, I defined what success was, and I, and I, I started tasting a lot of that and understanding that, you know, as I looked around, that I got everything that I've ever asked for, and I'm still not happy. You know what I'm saying? I got everything that I have ever asked for any time in my life. It may not came, it may not have come right then and there, but it came sooner or later. I'm one of the people who can say that everything I have ever asked for, I have gotten. So, um, living that and understanding that and reaching uh, degrees of success in that and still not feeling fulfilled within myself, it started leaving a really, really hollow feeling in my heart. Really. I began to become more and more and more and more depressed to the point where I got to the point where I wanted to leave here and I actually took steps and measures to do so. And in that moment, when I decided to do that, and I was taking, I was in my garage in Atlanta, Georgia, in the middle of summer, in the middle of the afternoon, and it was 90, 98 degrees outside, so it was probably 100 and something in the garage. And I had a full tank of gas, and I had two Ambien and a bottle of Cisco. Mm. Yeah, and I had all the windows down, and it was pitch dark in my garage, and I took the Ambien and I took a swig of the Cisco, and I was just going to go to sleep. I was done. Mm. I was done with this shit. I didn't want to do it. It was boring. It was like, I, like I said, I got everything I've ever asked for, and I'm still not fulfilled. I'm still not happy. I'm still miserable as fuck. And I thought that once I got, you know, the taste or got some of the things that would, you know, in my mind, or what society tells you makes you happy, and you get it, and it's like, this is as hollow as shit. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, what else is there? And I was, I was really, and it wasn't one of the tragic things where it was, you know, um, Man, you should have been, you know, you should have been happy. You should have been counting your blessings. It wasn't any of that. I was bored, man. I was completely bored. Mm-hmm. Completely and utterly bored. To the point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is stupid. This is stupid. And the moment I was about to take that second ambient, the, the closer I got it to my mouth, I began to have a conversation with something that was saying, hold mm-hmm. up, this, this ain't it. This ain't it. This ain't it. And I, in that moment, the conversation I had was this. I said, look, if I don't take this pill, I need to know what the fuck is going on. I need to know who you are first and foremost. And then in my mind, I'm thinking I'm, I'm talking to God as I present a God in my life throughout the years. And I was actually even um, con- considering the things that I would be doing and, and, and seeing the steps in my head that I would be doing. And at that time, it looked like, all right, I'm going to get more active in ministry. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And, um, you know, that, because that's what spirituality looked like to me at that time. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm whoever this is and whatever this is, I'm, I'm looking for a, a, a communication from that moment on. Because if you're going to interrupt me, as clearly as it interrupted me, then you have my attention. Okay, let's go. And the very next day, everybody that I ran into was saying 
stuff. Like I was I was um I was walking my dog and I was at this park and there was these two young kids there and um they were uh they wanted to pet the dog. They were sitting in their car, they were smoking, they wanted to sit in the car, they were sitting in the car, but they wanted to get out and pet the dog. But eventually they got out and was petting the dog and we were talking and um the conversation we had was about, you know, them trying to find a job and stuff like that. They were young, young, probably in their twenties. And the conversation turned to in, to the fact that um, they started talking about the fact that God ain't in the church. And I looked at them like kind of funny, but I'm like, okay, you know, this, this, it's the way that the conversation turned, it turned in a way that, you know, it wasn't a segue where, I'm, okay, I can see how we got here. But it was one of those uh-huh. rough things where it's just like, you know, how damn, how did we get here? Because in mind you, I'm already listening out for this conversation that I'm having with this deal that I made with this person in my in my in my garage. So <laughs> the very next day, um, I went to work, and uh, one of one of my coworkers at the time, he was relatively new, we had never talked before, and um, we uh, got a chance to dialogue that day, and one our conversation instantly turned to. Religion and the lack, or, or the fact that religion is a man-made construct, and um, God ain't in the church. I looked at the dude, and he, he later on he was like, "Man, I thought about it. And I thought about how I came at you." He, he said he thought that I thought he was probably crazy as hell. But I was looking at that dude. I wanted to kiss him on the forehead, man. <laughs> I'm kidding Like the next couple of days like, And prior, now mind you This conversation is radical to me Because I haven't had this conversation Prior to that arrangement In my garage You did So it was like you know, it was All of a sudden in my face From a bunch of different people And it was like Come on man But it was, it was like One conversation And they were all saying the same thing I gotta pay attention to this. I have to pay attention to this, and I did. And every successive day after that, it was something that took me further and further and further and further and further away from what I always thought in my heart of hearts God was. You know what I'm saying? All the way to the point now where it was. It was like now that I look back at it, it, it was like this big giant circle of ideas that it took me through. To get me all the way to the very point now, and you could say that now that you know exactly what I am, who I am, where I've been, how I got there, it's time for you to kill me. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to kill mm-hmm. me. You have to kill the idea of God. If you see Buddha on the road. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> yep. 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 And the way yep. that I got here, to me, is incredible. I mean, I, I don't think I could ever write a story that would do it justice. Really, mm-hmm. really, I think that would be too, really too emotionally charged for me to even think about it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's been it's been an incredible, incredible journey to the point where you realize you gotta kill me now, dude. You have to kill the idea of what God is and what God was presented to you to be. That has to die. Mm-hmm. 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 You have to out of that dirt. You have to reconstruct something, anything that re, that, that puts right. that energy completely away from you. Not to say that you have to line something else up and worship that now. 
But if you know, if that's where you are stage wise, and hey, to each his own. Everybody has their own path. <laughs> but you have to kill that idea, that interpretation of what, that, especially now, man. Cause we we got to go into to a time where we about to experience mm-hmm. some. We about mm-hmm. to experience some shit. And yeah, we know, are. This, yeah, yeah, we are. We are. And this conversation, and to be quite honest, let's face it, this conversation is basically about if you're going to go through this this transition comfortably, or if you're going to go through it with suffering. Because if you if you're ignorant to any idea outside of what everyone has been washed over and told to believe, you about for you about to, you in trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. you're in yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You are in for some shit. Some jaw-dropping shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I think those, anybody who is fearfully anticipating anything that is, you know, any big changes that the world might be mm. entering into um, is basically because they are looking outside of themselves instead of looking inside mm-hmm. of themselves to find out their own personal world and their own personal journey. Um, which, you know, when you when you said that, you know, that... that the that idea of God, you hear people say God is dead, and if you see Buddha on the road, kill him. Um, people really, you know, look at that. Or there has been a time in my life if I, when I heard that without having any understanding of what that means, I would have thought that, well, you are scary, and yeah, saying, I am going yeah. to stay as far away from you as yeah. possible because you are yeah. scary, and I don't, I have yeah. no idea what kind of evilness you bring in with you. So I'm going right. to move as far away from you as possible. But but to have the understanding that I have now and to hear that is mm. one of those things that it affects you, again, in a way that I can't, you know, you can't even right. describe because you, can, you right. understand that right. it means that you right. have bursted open and become in in realizing the wholeness and the fullness of who you are and what you are, and that it's not you. And then there's God over here, this right. scene that you have to try to impress every day. Right. Me, this little being on earth who is was born into sin and is a flawed human being, and right. and has to has to, and and I'm you know told I'm nothing and I'm a dirty rag and I need to work hard as I can to earn what God wants to give me, but I have to earn it. And if I mess up, what does that mean? Um, that you realize that there is no here's me and here's God. It's all the same thing. And so when people get to that point and you you hear it and you see it and you realize it, that it's there are people who are also there. It's you know, it's a beautiful thing, basically. Um, did I interrupt you? Are you done? Me? Oh no 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 no! I was done. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, um, okay, Aaron. Aaron. Mhm. You wow. let's talk. Talk to you for a second. Okay, go ahead. Well, I was brought up under the Catholic faith, which is (laughs) a very structured, quiet, yet loud, extremely passive-aggressive form of Christianity. So um, 
I've always been a person who was attracted to the more colorful. So at a very young age, I could remember being bored as hell in church. I mean, it was mm. my favorite. <laughs> my favorite part of church was either escaping to one of the classrooms because my church growing up was also a school. Escaping to a classroom to draw on a coloring book if I could do that. Or sometimes I could sit on the, there sort of was an upper balcony of my church, and there was a giant organ up there that was unplugged, so it wouldn't make any noise. If I could sit there and pretend I was playing, that was fun. And then if I couldn't do that, then the only other thing I had to look forward to every time we went to church was to donuts afterwards as part of the reception. And to this day, the old-fashioned glazed donut is, that's my donut right there, my favorite, because (laughs) because of church. So uh, I, at a young age, I believed in the the standard sort of, you know, God is this being in the sky who created us, and uh, if you are good, you get to go to heaven, and if you're bad, you get to go to hell. Um, it wasn't something that I necessarily thought about all the time, but I just figured, you know, if I if I led a, a good life, uh, I'd get to go to heaven. But more importantly, it was about not being bad, you know, just just being not being bad would be what would spare you from eternal damnation. But uh, in church, I never I never really felt anything. Um, And you can only hear, you know, the Lord be with you and also with you to begin mass so many times before it becomes redundant and repetitive. And it always just kind of felt like cut and paste spirituality to me, um, even if I couldn't say it like that at eight. And it was funny, too, because I would see people either on television or hear stories about other churches where people would have these religious experiences where they were crying or clapping or just they were really excited about Jesus. And the closest thing I had to that growing up was watching Michael Jackson. So I so to me growing up, it was kind of like Michael Jackson was my, I don't know, my Jesus or my, <laughs> the closest thing I had to a religious experience. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, if I'd hear he was on the street, I'd go running and I was shaking and clapping mm-hmm. and, yeah, trying to be him. So, um, so the older I got, you know, the less and less uh, church seemed like something I wanted to be part of. I was uh, baptized, and I had my communion, but when the time came to be confirmed, I didn't do it because it just didn't really make any point. And every now and then I would go back uh, just to see if if anything changed or to just honor a holiday request from a parent. But really after age 18, there was, you know, there was nothing, no, no church for me. And it's kind of a joke that as a Catholic, you're either devout or not at all. And that's, I'm in the not at all category. Um, so then, uh, you know, the closest thing I had to something spiritual in my adult life would be just participating in theater because the connection felt right. You know, there was a communal experience to be had and it just, it just felt like, I belonged, you know, things when I when I would do it, I felt like I, I felt at ease. I felt that peace. I felt like yes, this is this is what it's all about. Um, but outside of the theater I had issues that I was dealing with. You know, I 
I was in the closet. I uh, I was just worried about what people thought, even if I didn't want to admit that. But even more importantly than that, it started to get to a point where I was uh, living, but I wasn't alive. You know, I, I mm-hmm. autumn would come around, and it's like I couldn't really enjoy the changing colors. Or we'd have nice weather, or be a sunny day, and it was it was pleasant. But I didn't have that enjoyment that I had as a as a smaller child. So then um, a real low point for me was when just I, I felt like I was overworked with work in school and, uh, and I was in danger of being kicked out of my apartment and things were just really going wrong. And I realized then that, okay, I, it has to be something that I'm doing or something that I'm putting out into the world. And so um, it's funny because all of the best things that have happened to me have happened on accident. It's kind of like you just fall into them. And I know now that that's just spontaneity, but back then I just chalked it up to, you know, luck or just one of those random occurrences. So anyways, I'm saying this because I used to have a subscription to Entertainment Weekly, which is an entertainment magazine that I really enjoyed. And um, I was reading... Something like, I think it was either The Hot List, which is where some person jokes about what's in and what's out, and there was a little a little blurb, uh, and it was a brief interview of Fergie, of all people from the Black Eyed Peas. This was really funny to me now, just talking about it. But anyway, she was just talking about uh, how she read this book called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, and how she would use the subconscious to visualize things, and things would happen. So I said to myself, ooh, that sounds interesting. I'm going to pick up this book because maybe that is the, that's what I need to access or change or read in order to sort of get my life back together. So I ordered the book on Amazon. It was under $5, very reasonable. And I read that book, and that was, that was the opening for me um, that really wow. pushed me forward into my spiritual journey because the book um, which include which uh, the book does include uh, biblical verses and Christian passages but really mm-hmm. what it's just saying is is that you operate on a subconscious level and that's what brings things to you so what you need to do in order to program that consciousness which accepts everything as truth as opposed to our conscious mind which questions things is to sort of go to that place in between the conscious, uh, the the conscious level and the subconscious level, which is right when you wake up or as you're about to fall asleep. So you know, I was essentially just reading reading that to get things and turn my life around. But what it did for me was it, it opened me up to receive more information, and also to reawaken myself to that which I uh, intuitively knew as a child. You know, there were things that just made sense to me or things that would speak to me. And I used to say that it was kind of like, you know, my my cells were either whispering to me or it was a hunch, I guess you could call it. So anyways, um, that book sort of reawakened me to to, uh, that. And then from there, more information just started to come my way and, uh, and eventually... 
I got to where I am now. And there's always just some sort of, just as, just when I think that um, there's nowhere to go or I've gone as deep as I can, something else comes along that brings me even deeper. And now, of course, I don't think that there is a bottom to how, how deeply within you can go. But um, it was really the power of your subconscious mind that opened me up to uh, a whole different way of living and seeing mm. the world. And now, you know, when the sun is on my face, I can truly appreciate it. Or when I'm sitting in my room, uh, just in my thoughts, I can really appreciate all that that has to offer me. And when my favorite season on comes around, the leaves are changing and the sun has that certain position in the sky that brings those great shadows across the ground, I can really take that in. And it's, it's even more vivid than I ever remember it being. And uh, it's funny, you know, to sort of piggyback off of what we were talking about before. Once I opened myself up to a different way of seeing things, that is when the work began and when some really painful and, uh, and tough mm-hmm. things started to come my way that I had to face head on and, and move through. And that that doesn't really stop, and I and it shouldn't. And um, no. and for as painful as it may be at times, there's also it's it's also just as beautiful. It's just as exhilarating, and it's so much more rich than life before. So um, and then mm-hmm. to talk about what how that changed my opinion of God. Um, what it did was it it just opened me up to a bigger picture, which then um, which then opened my view of what what God was completely to everything. Meaning that there's this there's just a totality um, that we're all a part of, and it's everything and nothing at all and it's you know it's everything that you know and everything that you don't know and so now what i realize is is for me to try to even explain what god is would sort of be arrogant on my part because all i can just do is explain how i interpret or how i understand god through my filter and what I realize now, too, with a lot of the religious approaches to God is that it's, it's incredibly arrogant to, to mm-hmm. think that you know what God is. And it's also incredibly lazy to hide behind God, uh, to, to walk through life and to not put yourself in the driver's seat and to not accept full responsibility mm-hmm. for everything that happens to you and for, for one to think that God or the idea of God loves one thing more than the other and thus wants to punish one person more than the other. I mean, right. if, you see a Saint, if you see a St. Jude's Children's Hospital commercial and there's a three-year-old who's mm. bald because he or she is going through uh, cancer treatment, don't tell me that God wants to punish the three-year-old who hasn't even really lived. I mean, that that right there is right. is proof that what you're saying is total bullshit. 
So for me, you know, God is something that I I continue to explore and learn about every day. But as far as it it being a being or this concrete sort of, uh, I don't believe that that is true at all. Wow. Yeah, I think we've all had quite a transformation. Um, yeah. And it's 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 always interesting how um, how the doors open for for different people. Um, and one thing that I've had to learn, is, and and what one of the things that helped, it was a book for me too. It was um, the Shack. Uh huh. And it came in a time where I was looking for someone to give me a different view of. I I was also I and I went to I was going to those churches where everybody was happy and sanctified and jumping around and I still didn't feel it. So mm-hmm. I was in the I was in there looking at other people thinking, How come I don't feel that? How come I don't feel that? Mm-hmm. How come I don't feel that? And I would look around and look at other people getting happy and crying and jumping around and falling out. And my thought was, this is the twilight zone. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm in a completely different place than the rest of these people. And I was bored to death, too. Mm-hmm. Bored out of my mind. And so I thought, maybe it's me. Let me get a different Bible. Let me go to a different church. Let me listen to a different minister. Let mm-hmm. me go to Sunday school instead of church. Let me go to Bible study on Wednesdays instead. Maybe that'll be more stimulating. Maybe I can learn something. Maybe you can study Bible. Let me get a study Bible and a workbook. I was trying everything I possibly could, thinking that it's me. I'm doing it wrong because everybody is happy and everybody's connected and everybody's crying and everybody's jumping up and down. Thank you, Jesus. I don't feel any of that. Um, I've never joined a church. I never felt like I can't walk up to the front of the church and sit in the chair, the little come to Jesus chair, um, I couldn't do it. I, I I wasn't baptized. Um, my mother let let us make that decision. So she said, "Well, when you get old enough, you have you make that decision for yourself." Um, and I I never really did it formally. I had my 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 probably when was this? Probably like. Really, really recently, when I was still on on the edge of on the verge of trying, my my sister and her husband do Bible study group in their house. They have a pool in their house. Um, they live in Florida, um, and they do baptisms and stuff like that with their group. So we went. I was there one time, and we were actually in the ocean, and she was like. I think my mother was there and was like, they can baptize you. So I was finally like, okay, this is, you know, kind of in my last ditch effort. This is probably five years ago, so still very recently. Um, they're like, they can baptize you in the ocean. And they went and talked about it and discussed whether they wanted to baptize me or not. And I was really at the point where I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of baptizing the ocean by my sister and and brother-in-law. Um and then after that, it just kind of the, my whole bottom fell out. <laughs> but my friend was my friend was giving me to read this read this book read this book read this book. Someone I worked with, 
And I thought, well, yeah, I'll read it. I really don't have time right now. I'm tired or I'm really busy and I don't really have time to sit down and read a book. And so finally she just brought the book and put it in my hand and said, read this book. I said, okay. And I couldn't put it down. Read it, you know, just maybe within maybe two or three days and cried and bawled my eyes out and jumped up and down and felt enormous relief and thought, okay, there's somebody else who thinks like I do. I'm not crazy, mm-hmm. not lost my mind. So that then that made me want to explore more, and then I, um, you know, was looking into that and stumbled on the, oh, somebody had told me about reading Disappearance of the Universe, which is a book that explains the how the Course in Miracles um, was, was I don't know, discovered. And, oh, the Course in Miracles was written and kind of how it came about. So I read that, and that was the first book I've, I read or the first time I read about the illusion, how this mm-hmm. is all an illusion and you're somewhere sleeping. And, and um, they used it. They were still linked it to the Bible, so it still wasn't that far. It was baby steps. Um, because the the people who were coming to talk to this man about writing this book, and he was he was explaining how his how the book came about. They were just basically these three spirits who said that they were in another life. Jesus' disciples. They were like Thomas and Matthew and somebody else. And this is the real message that Jesus wanted you to know. But it's already been written in the seventies by some woman who wrote this called The Course in Miracles, but nobody's reading that. So we want you to write this down, tell people to read The Course in Miracles. So then Course in Miracles is, of course, enormous. Mm. So then I discovered podcasts and listened to other people talk about it on podcasts, and that just completely obliterated any ideas of, and that killed God for me, basically. Um, they still use the some terminology. They still talked about the Holy Spirit and Jesus, and so it was still another baby step. Um, so as I um, listened to them and started thinking about this illusion, I, of course, I started to branch out more and more and reach out to more um, people and read more books, and then it was, that was it. That was it. We couldn't put, him, couldn't put God back in the box. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how it how it unfolded for me. And so, you know, when I hear God is dead or kill Buddha, if you see him on the road, you know, the meaning for that, which is, you know, everything is inside of you. Everything is inside of you. So if you mm-hmm. see someone or something claiming to be or that you see as Buddha on the road, kill him because <laughs> it's not who you are. That's not what it is. It's not on the outside. It's on the inside. Um, so, yeah. So, it, 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 and, um, we've got a caller with a hand raised. So I'm going to get to you in just a minute. Thank you for holding on. It's been on for a while. Um, but, um, so, then begins the, well, you know, when you, now when you hear people say certain things or talk about God, it's almost like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're still there. Oh. <laughs> People still do that. You got the truth. Yeah. Church, 
Um, if you are there, we've got some callers on the line. If you want to um, talk, you can raise your hand That's by pressing 1. Call number again is 347-215-8639. And caller from 281. You've been on, so let's see if you still have something to say. Um, oh, yes, hello. Caller hello. 281. Hello. Tell us your name and where you're calling from, please. Hello. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm calling from Texas. Uh, this is Dr. Hawkins. How is everyone? Oh. Very Good. well. How are you, Dr. Hart? All right. Well, you, you know, <laughs> this is a very important subject, and I think that we have to keep in mind uh, even a lot of uh, people that uh, style themselves as spiritual or metaphysicians forget that a lot of the information was suppressed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when we talk about the subconscious mind, we can't get trapped in that paradigm either because there are two levels of mind beyond the subconscious. Mm-hmm. Now, the government decided to uh, weaponize this knowledge back in 1953. Prior to 1953, the information regarding the superconscious mind was in most of the tech bo- textbooks uh, across America in, in the, uh, at the college level. And uh, when they went to war, when the Cold War started, they decided, hey, we got to extract this information and use it to catch up with the Russian psychotronics uh, systems because these were technologies that used human intention as a weapon system. And uh, it's been quoted that they were more powerful than nuclear weapons. So for the people out there who don't believe that your mind Mm -hmm. is a very powerful tool. Mm -hmm. What I'll say to you is this. Keep in mind, most people use conservatively 3 to 7% of their mind's power in the first damn place. Mm -hmm. Yet you can conceive Mm -hmm. of atom bombs, hydrogen bombs, scalar-based physics, torsion field physics, sacred geometry, things of this nature. So who is it then, or what the hell is it, that that benefits from us acting so petty? Mm-hmm. And not only mm-hmm. God in us, but, but by willingly marching like sheep to the slaughter. There's an old saying, and it goes like this here. Control your subconscious mind, or someone else will. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'll leave it at that. Control your subconscious mind, or somebody else. And, and they're waiting, yeah. And they already mm-hmm. are. If you are not aware of it, and you don't know that you are being... If you don't know you're being controlled, you're being controlled. If you think you're not being controlled, you're being controlled. So either you're, like you said, you're controlling it or somebody else is. Thank you very much, Dr. Hawkins. I tell you something else that's even scarier than that. Now we have uh, technological means of not only amplifying human thought, but 
but broadcasting certain frequencies that will uh, enslave the mind of whole populations in a geographic area. Mm-hmm. You see? Now, for example, now the government tells us, oh, well, you know, there's no such thing as this subliminal programming. There's nothing to worry about. Black people go right back to sleep. There's nothing to worry about here. There's, there's no such thing. Yes, mm-hmm. on the open market, you can buy, if you have a couple grand, you can buy what are called subliminal message encoders with an amplifier. And with them, with the amplifier, you can send out your subliminal messages and, and, and train the minds of anyone in your community. This is on the damn market, okay? Mm. And that, I mean, it's been proven a long time ago. Our problem mm. is, is we don't like to research. That's our problem. We don't like to research, and especially we don't like to go within. You know, we think all this information comes from outside of us, but even if you are religious, remember your Jesus told you the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's within, right. 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 So the, the the information is there. I think that's what that's what's very frustrating to me is that the information is there and it's, it's been that exact um, scripture that you're talking about is you've been told that your whole life, but you don't choose to see it or look at it for what it means. You you choose to be told what it means instead, and then to trust what your minister mm-hmm. told you or what your team told you without question. Um, so, you know, in essence, we're not even worshiping who we say we're worshiping. When to Jesus, you're worshiping the words coming from your minister. Your minister then becomes your God or your parents exactly. or your parents or, or whatever authority figure is telling you how to live your life and what, what to do um, is your God mm-hmm. at the moment. That's very true. And the sad part is most people don't know the history of the religion that they follow. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Not at all. No, that's interesting. I just heard something today where someone was talking about how um, the idea of the idea of hell um, came after one of the popes read Dante's Inferno and then was looking at the bodies of prisoners burning in some kind of mass grave. So they, and that was in the third century something, and so that's how they came up with the idea of this eternal burning in hell because they were always piling these bodies on top of this grave. It was just a continuous fire because they were always putting someone's death. Um, so that was that's the eternal burning fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what people keep their whole <laughs> yeah. physical and and, 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 and you know what's the trip too question. when you oh I'm sorry I'm sorry and the same pope who oh just real quick and the same pope came up with the idea of original sin because he couldn't stop masturbating so um, <laughs> you know again that's people right. don't look into or study the history of what they say This is, this is your Eternal existence that you are trusting to some ignorant ass folks instead of looking at <laughs> you it ain't for yourself. Never lied. 
Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And, 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 and guys, could I say one more thing briefly, please? Because I want to be okay. fair to the Christians out there. <laughs> okay. I mean, you, you, you know, you know, because I, I, I don't want to stunt their growth, and I don't want to seem bitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, so I'll say this in fairness, and and, and perhaps I could say this on behalf of, of uh, the, the host and uh, the, the guest as well, mm-hmm. but. But we got to understand that there are two types of Christianity. Mm-hmm. You have the Constantinian version of the Christianity, which mm-hmm. is the corporate church. Right. And mm-hmm. Then you have prophetic mm-hmm. Christianity, which I have nothing against. But we got to keep in mind, too, that even prophetic Christianity is limited in its scope, and I'll tell you why. First of all, let, let's just you know, let's just look at the history in America alone. We won't even go back to ancient times. Let's just go back here, uh, several hundred years in America. First and foremost, the letter J wasn't even added to the English alphabet till the year 1600, so his name couldn't have been Jesus. Okay. Second of all, mm-hmm. when when you look at when you look at the 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 murder that that is of just genocide, the great shearing, as you might call it, that has been taking place. It didn't just take place amongst uh, indigenous people around the world. It took place within factions of Christianity. In other words, during the Salem witch trials, they were also murdering and prosecuting esoteric Christians, those Christians who knew what the chakra system was, mm. that practiced mm. astral projection, mm. that really studied all seven levels of mind, not just reading about it in a damn book, but that actually practiced it. So we got to understand that Christians were prosecuting and killing Christians too. So oh, for yeah. those of yeah. you out there who are on, I mean, you know, just well, so just I, 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 all I say to you, Christians out there, is just d- study to show yourself approved. I mean, don't just sit back and mm-hmm. and spit box right. all damn day. Right. Uh, right. At least, right. at least go within your closet, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're not telling mm-hmm. you what the definition mm-hmm. of Christ really is. Now, Christ, it was so called Jesus the Christ, but if you read your Bible. Go to your, the book of First Kings. Remember when, quote, God, your God, asked King Solomon, what do you want? He said, I'll give you anything you want, according to your Bible. Solomon said, I want the wisdom and knowledge to, to rule my people fairly. And, quote, your God told King Solomon, according to your scripture, because you were so righteous and asked for this thing, I will give you more knowledge and more wisdom than anyone that came before or after you. Uh, that means that since Jesus came after, uh, unless you're going to call you a God a liar, Jesus didn't have more knowledge or wisdom than Solomon, okay? Because they were both Christ. Christ does not mean the anointed. They're lying to you. Christ means the enlightened. Get you a mm-hmm. dictionary, look up the word mm-hmm. anointed, mm-hmm. and then look up the word enlightened, and you will see. They don't want you to use your mind's full capacity. And I'm sick of these damn churches telling you, oh, uh, if God wanted you to have it, he'd give it to you. He gave you a doggone brain. 
You're not using it. He gave you a heart, but you don't practice empathy. You know, mm-hmm. and that's where the real word of God is, not a bunch of mm-hmm. psycho-religious mm-hmm. folk going around killing people in the name of the Almighty. Come on, God's not mm-hmm. that petty you are. You need to stop it. Right. There you go. <laughs> yep. yep. Man created a petty God. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Wow, thank you very much for calling in, yeah. Dr. Hawkins. Thank, thank you for in. letting me put in my two cents. <laughs> Okay, we'll stay on the line. Let us know if you want to um, chime in again. Um, I'm going to put you on hold. Um, questions, comments? Boy, oh, oh boy. He was basically illustrating the suffering that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All the mind uh-huh. control and all uh-huh. that other stuff. and all That's the suffering that I'm talking about. That mm-hmm. I'm talking about. This is what this conversation is basically trying to alleviate, and that's what they aim for. You know what I'm saying? You still functioning from a backwards ass perspective to the point where you're deifying this thing that somebody told you to deify. You don't even see the other hand coming. You're looking at the wrong hand. That's like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like the little aliens in that locker on that damn movie. What is it? Uh, Men in Black. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Man, I can watch this shit over and over. That's exactly what it boils down to at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And you're standing there with your head, with your neck up, with your head up in the air, looking at this thing that they dangling above your head, and you about to get cut off right at the motherfucking throat. Mm-hmm. You don't even see it coming. And it's going to cause a lot of people to, to, to reevaluate a whole lot of shit. Yeah. yeah, as it should. And yeah, things you can't say, and it's things have stayed the same for so long, and people basically have followed the same oh, uh, uh, system, the same doctrines for uh, so long that it's it's yeah, it's past time for something to change. But the harder you fight to keep things the same, which is what they're doing now, is is you know resistance, resistance, resistance to to keep it the same. But we've as a if if you believe that pe- things keep expanding, the universe is expanding, people are expanding, you can't keep doing the same thing that you've always done. It's like I'm going to I, – I loved second grade. I loved my second grade teacher. She was nice. She was very caring. She gave me lots of attention. But I can't sit in that chair anymore. I can't keep going back to the second grade and thinking that I'm still going to get the same thing out of second grade that mm-hmm. I got when I was seven. It was great when I was seven. I learned a lot and I you know, cherished every moment of second grade, but I I don't fit in every sense of the word. Physically, mentally, emotionally, intellectually and that's what I equate church to. It's it's a step. Um, and like Dr. Hawkins said, it's you know I don't want to. People are where they are, but you can't stay there. I'm just like I'm not going to come down on somebody for you know being in being in kindergarten or being in second grade. You're there. Learn what you need to learn, but know when it's okay. Know when it's time to move on. Right. Um, I have a um, 
someone in my family who goes to church and just I was always complaining about people or minister or, and I and the only thing I say is, Well, how when are you gonna leave? <laughs> it right. doesn't fit. When are you gonna realize that it doesn't fit? And she always says, I know, I know. But it's hard, change is hard and I know change is hard for people. But again, when you ask for something and the universe is pushing it to you or you're getting the message of discomfort means that it's time to change something, it's time to move on. That's what discomfort means. You're going the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Your, yeah, emotion, your, your, emotions, your emotions are your guidance system. You go towards what feels good. You move away from what feels Bad or uncomfortable. So if you are, if something was comfortable and now it's no longer comfortable, it means that it's time for something to change. So it's up to you to go inward and evaluate and see what that change is. It could be what would be considered a small change. It could be a big change. But it's you got to be willing to sit in yourself long enough to see what that is. But you got to be willing to change. You got to be willing to be uncomfortable. That transition period is uncomfortable. You gotta be willing to change. Mhm. So Yeah, that that room to move away from the thing that doesn't make you feel good, that's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And then it's gonna be a big ass Yeah. Room. Yeah. You might to be fuck off of that guy. <laughs> ain't gonna have no choice no more. You have a choice up until now. We've had a choice to we've always had a choice to remain ignorant. That choice is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller by the day, by the hour, by the hour, by the by the second. It's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. You can you you were able to ignore something on a more broader scale twenty years ago than you can now. Mm-hmm. Truth is becoming louder and louder and louder and mm-hmm. louder, and it's using all the various mediums and and, and the things that we use and and. and Laptops and iPads and all the media devices that we use to stay in touch with everything is coming through that now. It's getting louder and louder and louder. Oh yes. And it's getting harder and harder to ignore. But those who manage to even ignore that, the greater the third for they are. You understand? Because mm-hmm. you can't continue to turn your head or turn an ignorant ear to something that's screaming at you at least for your attention. And you can't keep turning a blind eye to that and not think that there's some type of repercussion or punishment, not punishment, but 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 reaction for that. There's a reaction for that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the difference between riding this thing and using it even for your benefit. Like that's like the difference between the dudes surfing on a big ass huge giant wave. He's on the top of that joint, but those ones down there about to get crashed by it. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's the difference. That's the level of comfort that we're talking about within this conversation. I mean, because eventually, right. let's face it, everybody gonna get it sooner or later. I mean, that's just the mm-hmm. if, if it ain't just like I was a thousand ones behind it, but you're gonna get it. But in this moment, in this particular juncture of time, when we consider time, it's about to change, man. And if you still, if you still using that old ass handbook that's talking about, you know, uh, electricity, and now we're talking about quantum mechanics or whatever, 
<laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't fit right. me more checkers and checks. You know what I'm saying? You got to first open up the possibility that there's other things. And religion takes mm-hmm. all that and locks all of that down. Mm-hmm. That's the first pain right. that they're going to feel when truth comes right. to light. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it always amazes me. Um, one thing that I have to realize, because, of course, we all go through. When we first make these discoveries, one thing that we go through is the I want to tell everybody. <laughs> want everybody right, to right, know. Right, I want everybody right. to to realize that you don't have to do that anymore. That's not it. This is it over here, and it's wonderful, and it's great. Come over here in the sun where I am, and then you get punched in the face with the reality of if they're not coming with you, and so you get to see the the. the it amazes me how powerful the brainwashing is that. I'm still amazed that I got out of it, especially with my family, um, mm. that I was able to break that because, you know, when you, like what Dr. Hawkins is talking about, the letter J didn't even exist and all the evidence that shows, all the stories and evidence and everything that all you have to do is go to your computer and look it up and it's right there and you tell them, well, you know this isn't true and you know that didn't happen and you know that Jesus did not have been blonde hair and blue eyed and so why do you have that Jesus on your wall and why do you you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. All of the all of the stuff that all the images and all the stuff that just can blow every theory out the window of um and I'm picking on Christianity because it's what I'm most familiar with. Um but they still, you know, the answer is, well I'll just I just have faith. Well, I'm just going to have faith. Or I'm just going to believe what I believe. And realizing, excuse me, the brain, the power of the brainwashing that is behind the thoughts and the fear um, of a belief system, any belief system. Uh, and anytime you have a belief system, it involves a. Um, enormous amount of control on the subconscious level, um, you know, which which guides guides the beliefs through brainwashing, which is extremely hard for people to break free from. Um, well, not impossible because we you know see people who break from it all the day, all all the time, um, but. It just, that's one thing that it took me a while to realize that they can't hear you. They can't hear anything that you're saying because you're not talking to them. You're talking to the brainwashing and the programs and the, your, the subconscious is, is punching you in the face and every chance again. Um, mm-hmm. So they can't, they're not going to hear you until it's time for them to hear you, if ever. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, it just, you know, when you have those subtle things, like you know that this could not been, this book could not have been directly back from God, so they could have changed stuff. They could have added stuff. There's stuff that yeah. they left out. There's stuff that they decided that hey, I'm going to take this out and put this in because this works better for us. You know that, right? And they say <laughs> yes and agree with you and still say, but going to believe. And I know a lot of that. Like, my grandmother used to say all the time, well, I'm just going to believe just in case because <laughs> if, if I don't believe and it's true, well, then I'm going to hell. So I'm just going to believe just in case, which means that right. you don't believe. You right. don't believe. Um, 
So let the rest of it go, too. You don't even have to. There is no hell. You don't have to believe in going to something that doesn't exist. If you don't believe, you don't have to believe in that part either. But, you know, it's scary. You get to, you get someone to be fearful and, you know, you pretty much after a certain amount of a certain amount of time, a certain amount of years, you're old enough, then you're not gonna let go of that. So, um, um, so the putting God in a box and brainwashing and all of the very blatant things that people have um, the God that we are, were originally told about. Um, doesn't exist, or is it is is was created? There's evidence that he was created for a certain purpose or a certain reason, um, which is you know control, or to get someone in a certain mindset to be um, to work outside of their own behalf or their own benefit, work for you um, again control um but to put give god human to describe god which another thing that gets to me is when when we describe give god human emotions <laughs> um god's jealous mm-hmm. god gets angry mm-hmm. god's insecure um you know you're gonna make the even god even i think the subtle things that you tell tell kids like um, God is crying when it's raining, and you say, "Well, oh, that's God's tears. God's crying." <laughs> I heard somebody say that the other day, and I was like, oh, "That sounds really? so crazy." Yeah. I mean, how many times have I said that when I was a kid? Or yeah, God's crazy. I mean, God's God's sad. It must be we did something to make God sad. Mm-hmm. He's crying, but God needs to cry in order for things to grow, which is completely right. insane. <laughs> so we want to make God sad because if God's not sad, the flowers won't grow. <laughs> insane. Yeah, I got to say God's pretty passive aggressive because you know He never speaks. Always people always have to speak for Him or it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for this for this guy who's supposed to know every language, he sure does never speak any of them. You know, never talks to you directly. Never no. sends you a letter and to say, could. you know, thanks. Yeah, he could send you a letter to say thanks for your donation. <laughs> I got you. Uh huh. Right. Nope. God, yeah, and he's bad with finances too. God always needs money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always. <laughs> Very always. bad with his finances. Yep, and his representatives speak to you. You never get to speak to him. They'll collect your cash, and they'll send you a letter of thanks, but nothing directly from God mm-hmm. itself, ever. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, and another thing that really bothers me about the idea of faith, or faith as people know it, is that they think that faith is the method, when really, for me, I believe that what we know as faith is just, uh, a source of inspiration to keep you going because say you want a house and you're going to have mm-hmm. to build it yourself. You know, you can't have faith that the house is going to be built 
and then just sit there if you're supposed to build it yourself. No, faith is what's supposed to tell you that, okay, I am going to do this. So when I buy my floorboards, when I get, you know, my brick, whatever it is that I'm going to use to build this house, I know that I'm going to build it and keep working until it's built. That's that's what faith is. Faith is mm-hmm. the belief mm-hmm. that you are going to make it happen, do it, get it. But it's not going to happen if you're supposed to be building it yourself and you're sitting there believing that it's going right. to happen. Right, right, yeah. DIY, people, Absolutely. DIY. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right, that's faith. Not just, I'm just going to sit here blindly and believe because I'm too afraid to believe anything different. And that's basically what it comes down to and what they're telling you is I'm just going to have faith because I'm too scared to believe or to, to look for myself. I'm too lazy to research myself and I'm mm-hmm. too scared to to go against what everybody I know is saying. I was listening to <clears throat> I think it was you, Yasha, where he walked in he he had a um somebody called in and said they're basically trying to get out of Christianity and learn more about um, traditional African religion, but she said, "How do you convert?" And he basically was like, "You don't convert; it's not a religion." But um, but she said that I don't. She was like, "Well, I know I have these beliefs, and I know I need to let go, and I know I need to leave, but I don't. I don't know anybody else with these beliefs, and I'll be lonely." Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, <laughs> how many how many people hold back and they're still going to church because they don't want to be by themselves? Who else? Who am I going to talk to? <laughs> Nobody I know has these beliefs. Who am I going to connect with? So I'm going to stay. I'm going to keep myself small. I'm going to hold myself down. I'm going to stuff myself back into this box because I'd rather just be uncomfortable than to be by myself. Which I thought, yeah, that's that's how one one thing that we as human beings spend our lives trying to avoid is being ostracized or pushed away or we still want to belong to the tribe. We still have that tribe mentality. I can't survive without the tribe. So you do whatever you do have to do to stay with it, even if it means killing yourself, killing yourself, basically. So, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. But you do have to get to the point. But that's that's why it's so important to be willing to want wanting to be with yourself, by yourself and to look inward because once you develop that trust in yourself, you don't need those other people mm-hmm. to give you any kind of validation. Um, so saying that and hearing her say that is was her advertisement of, I have no idea who I am or what I am and I need these other people to tell me. So if I don't yep. have these other people to tell me, 
who I am and what I am, then who am I and what am I? Because I am no one or nothing without them. Which is how most, and I guess if you are in in that in that mentality or in a church, you go to church. Uh, you know, that's the majority of the people who are still holding on to that. You're not mm-hmm. you're not taught to be an individual. You're taught to be you do what everybody else does. You do what we do. Listen to us. Right. Because you're easier to control that way. So, um, you know, some people in order to break out of that, it takes you know books coming along. Some people have near death experiences. Some people have mm-hmm. a tra- some type of tragic experience that kind of pushes them or propels them forward, but it doesn't have to be anything drastic as I think we're all evidence of that. It could just, you know, it's it's about being willing to be open and listening and saying, I need, and asking, I need more. I need more. I need what's next. Mm. This can't be all that there is. Right. So what could feel like the worst moment of your life you actually be the best moment of your life. Um, so it's, it's looking at every moment. And one thing that I've learned learned to do is pay, again, there's messages everywhere, pay attention to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who I come into contact with, who I meet today, what kind, what are they saying to me? What do they tell me? What message? I look at messages on church. I look at paper on the ground. I look at signs. Mm-hmm. I look at when I'm, you know, for some reason I'm going down this street. I always go down this street, but for some reason, why did I miss my turn? And now I have to go down this street. What's here for me? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. There are messages everywhere. Yeah. Sean, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm talking to y'all, but my oh. phone is muted because it's fucking back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is deep. Were you saying something? I was, but go ahead. Go ahead. What are you about to say? I'll come back Nothing. I was asking you if you had something to say. Oh. <laughs> no? Not now. I did, but I lost it. You know, I can't do two things at once. Go ahead. Keep talking, you know? Um, so all of this conversation brings me to do you guys, and, and of course George Carlin, who was a great philosopher slash comedian, um, and his. Um, let me figure out how to put audio clips on here, but um, when he he did this great, and that's where I got the God needs money from because he did this this monologue that basically was talking about how. Um, you know, God, why does God always need money? He always needs money. Why not? Why is this, why is this, why is this um, master of the universe, mm-hmm. um, controller of all things, omnipotent being, always need money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's always, uh, it's just, you know, right. it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yep. Supposedly created the heavens and the earth, <laughs> and now needs cash mm-hmm. for what? Right, and now he needs cash. Right. Earth number and we two. We need you to send him money. 
Right. Right. Um, I think the last thing that killed it for me, and and, and it really, really killed it in a, in a profound way for me, was um, the idea that, you know, we talk about God and when we reference God, we reference the light all the time and how God is this light, this brilliant light that you can't look upon. <laughs> and it, it um was brought to my attention that going back into Genesis, when God started talking and all this other shit, it was darkness. There was no light. Mm-hmm. Right. That was before the light. Right. The light came so, right. What was there before the light? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So if you're going to reference right. God, reference, reference, reference him in, the, in, in what he is, darkness, the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even from that perspective, you know, and, and, and you go back and you read over and you gloss over it all the time, you know, and you you know, and you go mm-hmm. from that to them flipping it upside on his head and telling you that God is a brilliant light that you can't even look at. And Moses looked at him and his face turned white and all this whole other shit. <laughs> that, that becomes, yeah. you know, what God is. And you mm-hmm. totally gloss over the original, which, which, which was the one that was there before the light. Which, again, right. that's him in his, in, in, his, in his society, which is dark, unknown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. that kind right. of blew it up. I'm like, wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would have did it even back then for me if I'd have followed that down the, you know, logical path. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just real hard to look at nature, and then that's that's why they would always, you know, they had that fail safe back in the day when they would say, you know, when you start referencing stuff like, look at everything in nature. Now everything starts off feminine. So you didn't tell me that God uh-huh. is all male. Mm-hmm. I thought about women. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, let's talk and let's yeah. talk about that. It's like that kind of stuff they mm-hmm. they don't want to talk about. Yeah. It makes no sense. And then they'll throw that old that old uh, disclaimer in there. Well, his ladies are different than ours. We can't use nature to define right. God. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. All right. I'm done talking. Please. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Or uh, it's all in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Read the Bible. And the you Bible can't says, even understand. Yeah. I was like, why is the Bible written in something that I can't understand? I don't know what that means. <laughs> right. I don't right. know what it means. That's what used to frustrate me. I don't know what it means. Hey, you tell me to go. Go read it in the Bible. Go read the Bible. I I can't read the Bible. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I can't understand Shakespeare? a word. I can't word any. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Shakespeare. And then you got these coon-ass, <laughs> coon-ass yeah. niggas that say oh, the King James Version is our preferred version right. of the Bible. Nigga, you can't talk English English. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. the, the, the old English version is the version that that's your preferred version. Why? <laughs> and they right. can't explain why. Right. You know, right. you can't explain why. <laughs> like that yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, it's wild. It is. And people, you know, it's, it's Jesus, 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 praising Jesus. And I think to myself, okay, if you're really about so-called Jesus, he lived pretty humbly, was a pretty humble character, 
you know, had a had a philosophy to share, but I don't think that large houses and expensive clothing and cars mm-hmm. and huge mega churches and personal private planes right. and all this extravagance mm-hmm. was anything that he was about. Mm-hmm. Or telling but people yet, that um, you uh-huh. give God your money off the top, and if you can't pay your electric bill, then that's because you not living right. You're not getting the right kind of blessings. But I right. need this money so I can pay for the fuel for my airplane. Right. You don't have no lights because you ain't living right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me my money first. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure God wants you to have your lights on, so take that money and send it to the the uh, uh-huh. electricity provider and cut out uh-huh. the middleman. Right. 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 Or better yet, wait until the right. sky opens up and this huge hand comes up out of the sky or from down from the uh-huh. sky and then, you know, put your $5 bill in that hand. Right. Yeah. You should be able to handle that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a, such a, yeah. Yeah. This is so, again, it's just, you beat someone down. It's so fear-based that people are afraid not to because they think that, well then, I'm not giving. I'm stealing from God. I'm stealing from God. Right. Don't steal from God. Yeah. He doesn't love you unconditionally if you can't tell him to fuck off. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. If God loves you unconditionally, then He reserves then He the reserves the right for you <laughs> to say fuck off. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Okay, I found this, and I, I can't do George Carlin. I can't do his, but I found this little monologue. But it says, when it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest, no contest. Religion, religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky, who watches everything you do, every minute of the day. And the invisible man has a special list of ten things that he does not want you to do. And if you do these things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever until the end of time. But he loves you. (laughs) He loves you. And he needs money. He always needs money. He's all-powerful, all-perfect, all-knowing, all-wise, and somehow just can't handle money. Religion takes in billions of dollars. They pay no taxes, and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Now Now I want you to know something. This is sincere. I want you to know when it comes to believing in God, I really tried. I really, really tried. I tried to believe that there is a God who created each of us in his own image and likeness, loves us very much, and keeps his eyes on things. I really tried to believe that, but I got to tell you, the longer you live, the more you look around, the more you realize something is fucked up. Something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth. Poverty, torture, crime, corruption, and the ice capades. <laughs> Something is definitely wrong. 
this is not good work, and if this is the best God can do, I'm not impressed. The results, mm. results like these do not belong on a resume of the supreme being. This is the kind of shit you'd expect in an office temp with a bad attitude. <laughs> and just between you and me in a decent-run universe, this guy would have been out on his all-powerful ass a long time ago. And by the way, I say this guy because I firmly believe, looking at these results, that if there is a God, it has to be a man. No woman would ever fuck things up like this. So if there is a God, I think most reasonably people might agree that he is least incompetent and maybe, just maybe, doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit, which I admire in a person and which would explain a lot of these would explain a lot of these bad results. So rather than just be another mindless religious robot, mindless and aimless and blind, believing that all of this is in the hands of some spooky incompetent father figure who doesn't give a shit, I decided to look around for something else to worship, something I could really count on. And immediately I thought of the sun. Happened like that overnight, and I became a sun worshiper. Well, not overnight, as you can see the sun, because you can't see the sun at night. But first thing, the next morning, I became a sun worshiper. Several reasons. First of all, you could see the sun, okay? Unlike other gods, I <coughs> excuse me. Unlike other gods, I can mention I can actually see the sun. I'm big on that. If I could see something. If I can see something, I don't know. It kind of helps with credibility, you know. So every day I can see the sun, and it gives me something that I need. It gives me heat, light, food, flowers in the park, reflection on the lake, and occasional skin cancer. But, hey, at least there is no crucifixion, and we're not setting people on fire simply because they don't agree with us. Mm -hmm. Sun worship is fairly simple. There's no mystery. No miracles, no pageantry, no one asks for money, and there are no songs to learn, and we don't have a special building where we have to gather once a week to compare clothing. And the best thing about the sun is it never tells me I'm unworthy. It doesn't tell me that I'm a bad person who needs to be saved, hasn't had an unkind word, treats me fine, so I worship the sun. But I do pray, I don't pray to the sun. Know why? I wouldn't presume on our friendship. I wouldn't. I wouldn't presume on our friendship. It's not polite. I've often thought people treat God rather rudely. You know, asking trillions and trillions of prayers a day, asking and pleading and begging for favors. Do this. Give me that. I need a new car. I want a new job. Most of the praying takes place on Sunday, on his day off. It's not nice, and it's no way to treat a friend. But people do pray, and they pray for a lot of different things. You know, your sister needs an operation on her cross. Your brother was arrested for defecating in the mall. And most of all, you'd really like to fuck the hot redhead down at the convenience store. You know, the one with the eye patch and the club foot. Can you pray for that, or do you have to pray for... Can you pray for anything that you want? Pray for anything? But what about the divine plan? Remember that, the divine plan? Long ago, God made a divine plan, and he gave it a lot of thought, and he decided it was a good plan. 
Put it in practice, and for billions and billions of years, the divine plan has been doing just fine. Now you come along and pray for something. Well, suppose the thing that you want wasn't in God's divine plan. What do you want him to do, change his plan just for you? Does it seem a little arrogant? It's his divine plan. What's the use in God having a divine plan if every run of run-down schmuck with a $2 prayer book can come along and fuck it up. Then it becomes your plan. And here's something else, another problem you might have. Suppose your prayers aren't answered. What do you say? Well, it's God's will. Thy will be done. Fine. But if it's God's will and he's going to do what he wants to do anyway, then why bother praying in the first place? Seems like a big waste of time. Couldn't you just skip the prayer part and go right to his will? It's all very confusing. So to get around a lot of this, I decided to worship the sun. But as I said, I don't pray to the sun. You know who I pray to? (laughs) No, I pray to Joe Pesci. Two reasons. First of all, I think he's a good actor. And to me, that counts. And second of all, The guy looks like he gets things done. Joe Pesci doesn't fuck around. In fact, Joe Pesci came through on a couple of things that God was having trouble with. For years I've asked God, okay, this isn't that much longer, but for years I've asked God to do something about my nosy neighbor and my barking dog. Joe Pesci went straight to the cocksucker, gave him one visit, and mission accomplished. Very simple with a baseball bat. I've been praying to Joe Pesci for about a year now, and I've noticed something. I've noticed that all the prayers that I used to offer to God and all the prayers that I now offer to Joe Pesci are being answered about 50% rate. Half of the time I get what I want and half of the time I don't. Same as God, 50-50. Same as the four-leaf <laughs> silver and a horseshoe. The wishing well and the rabbit's foot and the mojo man. Same as the voodoo lady who tells tells you your future by squeezing a goat's testicles. It's all 50-50. So just take your superstition to wish and enjoy yourself. And for those of you who look to the Bible for moral lessons and literal and literary qualities, I might suggest a couple other stories for you. You might want to look at the three little pigs. That's a good one. Nice to have a, happy, have a nice happy ending. <laughs> I'm sure you'll like that. Then there's Little Red Riding Hood, although it does have have that X-rated part where the big wet wolf actually eats the grandmother, which I don't care for, by the way. And finally, I've always drawn to a great deal of moral comfort with Humpty Dumpty. The part I like best, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. That's because there is no Humpty Dumpty, there is no God, no, not one, no God, never was. In fact, I'm going to put it this way. If there's a God, may he strike me and this audience dead. See, nothing happened. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, thoughts? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Oh, there it is. Man, it's right all the time, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It mm-hmm. comes down to... What you know to be true from what you are living, what you're experiencing, mm-hmm. and so much of what people think they're living or experiencing is actually through the eyes of someone else. And that's, 
And I think mm-hmm. that's what the spiritual journey is, is erasing someone else's view so that you can make room for your own and then mm-hmm. from there creating your own. So for that lady who's afraid to leave church because she's afraid of being alone, you kind of have to. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to redecorate a space, you have to clear it out first before you can bring the new stuff in. And it doesn't have to last that long, but you you need to figure out in who you are. You need you need to begin to build and create yourself. And it's right. uh, I guess it can be you know quote unquote scary. But it's also really exciting because you finally get to pick and choose and curate that which truly right. has meaning to you. Right, 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 right. That's the truth. Right. As opposed to just being tossed to and fro. Right. Mhm. Yeah. And that's yeah. really what people do anyway, especially mm-hmm. with the like. How many people? How many people in church? pick and choose their version of Christianity. Mm-hmm. I like this part, but I don't like this part. Yeah. I'm doing this part, but I'm not doing this part because this part, I'm not doing that. Right. <laughs> but this part really suits me, and I like this part, so I'm going to enjoy this part. But I don't do the Old Testament except for this part because I like this part, but I'm not going to sit in church and not say anything. Or, <laughs> You know, um, yes, I have on... Sorry, baby. You know, okay. four different fabrics. Yeah. We're not supposed to wear four different fabrics, but I'm going to believe this other stuff. So that's basically what they do anyway, is pick and choose their version. No, there's nobody sitting in church who is, who is who has the same version of Christianity as the person next to them. Nope. So. <laughs> Um, so last thought, we got about six minutes left, so we'll just do, um, those of you who are listening on the internet, if you want to jump on the phone, we got about five minutes left before you get kicked off, if we have to go over a little bit. Um, yeah, that nose needs Jesus. Oh, my God. Call the number 347-215-8639. So, um... Closing thoughts, Sean. Go ahead. Um, um, this is my last just throw a shout out there for throw a life preserver out there for anybody to take on and grab it because we in a big ass arc and we finna close the door and it's sitting around. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sitting uh-huh. rain on y'all head. It's going to rain on y'all. Rain on your head. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Mister. final message. My final, Mister. final, final call. Mm-hmm. Right there. Aaron. Last thoughts. Huh? Aaron, last thoughts. Sure. I, you know, if you're still in your tower waiting for that knight in shining armor or that handsome prince to come save you, you need to understand that you're that person, so plan your escape. You know, if you need to scale some walls, 
if you need to make a, a rope out of the bed sheets, or if you just need to jump and land in the street, <laughs> do that because mm-hmm. that knight in shining armor is not coming. Save yourself. Mm-mm. There is nobody over you. There's nobody coming to save you. There is no knight in shining armor. Don't look at all of the tools and everything that you that you've been given and that you need to climb out of that tower and you are ignoring them because you want somebody to come save you. There yeah. is nobody. And, and one more thing, you know, God doesn't need a middleman. So if you mm. feel like you have to do something to connect or give something to connect, uh, remove that condition because there are no conditions. God has no interpreters mm-hmm. or middlemen. And stop trying to avoid discomfort. <laughs> yeah. Transition is uncomfortable. Feel it. It might be scary. It's going to be uncomfortable. The transition is is you all you have to move from one place to another place in order to be to live successfully in another place. And in order to do that, you're going to have to move out of the comfortable place into the new place takes a while to get comfortable. But it is so much more comfortable on the other side. Um, and and all I'd add is just be every day get to know you live your truth. Be a living, walking and breathing testament of your truth. Not someone else's. You can't you can't live somebody else's truth. You can't be on somebody else's path. I'm going to take this full circle and say, if you see Buddha walking on the road, <laughs> kill him. Kill because that means you're on kill his ass. Mm-hmm. It means you're on somebody else's path. You're not on your path. You cannot take somebody else's path. No. No, you can't. And if you're not sure what that means, Ask somebody, and not your minister. <laughs> <laughs> I know Contact that's right. us on Facebook. We'll be happy to talk to you about it. Go to Blue Click <laughs> Expression of Spirit. We're on Facebook. And you can call the show. Send us an email, and we'll have a show specifically discussing why you have to kill Buddha on the road. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today and if you have not subscribed to the show on blog talk subscribe because we don't have a normal show time we skip some weeks depending on on schedules and things but if you want to get um notifications of the show subscribe and you'll get the notifications of the live show and subscribe on itunes and you'll get all the archive shows um email us at blueclick at gmail.com Send us ideas for show. Look us up on Facebook, and we will see you. Um, sorry, the chat room never works. But anyway, if you have any comments, ideas, you want to be on the show, you got something valuable to say or not so valuable that you want to talk to us, um, let us know. We can work it out. Join the – be part of the Blue Click. It's for everybody. We're all on this journey together. Um, so – Thank you. We'll see how the how the going out music goes. Uh, uh, see how that goes. So, thank you, Sean and Aaron, and we will see you guys on the other side. 
Thank you very much. Thank you.